This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to Business Influencers. My name is Chris Salem. Hope everyone is having a great week. Again, we want to thank all of you each and every week joining us here at Business Influencers. People here at Touch a Life Foundation are so grateful for you for tuning in here at Tell Radio. And we are committed each and every week for delivering subject matter experts, sharing their word of wisdom and insights to help elevate your level of influence to take your business to the next level. If you'd like to see any new content on future shows, feel free to reach out to us at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. That's Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to meet new people and rekindle old relationships. This is a membership program, meaning it takes all the noise out of social media, no more of those annoying notifications, and gives you an opportunity to generate genuine and authentic relationships with those people that you like to correspond and share content in your own private groups at Alumni Direct. If you'd like some more information, check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. I, I'm particularly looking forward to this. And in this episode, we're gonna be talking about achieve more, earn more, live more, all coming from David Goldsmith. We're gonna dive into the mind of a visionary leader and catalyst of global change. He is a president and co-founder of Goldsmith Organization. David has been the forefront of solving complex challenges across diverse sectors from commerce to education to his consulting firm with bases in New York and Hong Kong. In the realm of technology and innovation, he's a standout as a co-founder of Buzz LLC, where his patents in AI and consumer products are breaking new ground. But perhaps his most audacious endeavor is the founder of the Project Moon Hut Foundation. In collaboration with NASA Silicon Valley, this project aims to revolutionize how we approach life on Earth through an Earth and space-based ecosystem. And we'll touch on that a little bit. Ever pushing the boundaries, Davis co-founded Mirth DAO, pioneering smart contract protocol for emerging moon plus earth-based economy. His influence spans across fintech to healthcare, serving on numerous boards and steering companies towards the future. Now, David's not just strategist, he's a storyteller and an educator. With his podcast, The Age of Infinite and Refining Tomorrow, he shares insights from everything from AI to space. Uh, exploration and let's not forget his remarkable contributions as an author in his incredible book which you'll be drawing some insights from paid to think drawing comparisons to the great peter drucker his journey is not just about business acumen nyu he he was celebrated for his excellence in teaching and he is a sought-after speaker known for transforming the conventional into the extraordinary his clients range from ferrari to lufthansa yet he maintains a balance embracing life as a martial artist, a student pilot, a traveler, and an artist. Join us now as we're gonna explore the mind of a man who truly is paid to think, a leader who's refining not just the future of business, but our very existence here on earth and beyond. And without further ado, we welcome David Goldsmith to the show. Thank you. David, incredible. I, I love this. I love, I mean, the guy, there's so many ways we could, so many things we could talk about. I know we only have so much time today, but let's dive into this concept of, you know, achieving more, earning more, living more. You know, you know, I mean, you know, people could look at one of those things, but 
Let's just do a, a little dive into all three areas and kind of get your, your perspective on your experience and insights that can help enlighten some of the people that listen to this show, no matter where they are in their, their professional lives or in their businesses, what this can mean to them in shaping a new way of looking at success. So very quickly, this narrative of achieving more, earning more, living more came about because I have been an entrepreneur since I've been in college and university. And I started my first business while I was in school. And as part of building businesses, I was always interviewing, working with individuals all over the world. And as time went on, I, I realized there were basically three things that people were looking for. They were looking to earn more, to live more, or achieve more, the combination of those factors. And as simple as that is, if you ask yourself, what are you doing? Why are you having a podcast? Why do you put this on? You're trying to do one of those. And if we can break something down often to very simple terms, it allows us to be able to focus our energies. There are a lot of people who don't want to, don't care to earn more. They just want to live a better life. There are people who would like to achieve more, that their, their sense of balance in life comes from the fact that they've done things that are unique. You know, flying over Victoria Falls or being up in an airplane. I lived in Hong Kong for 10 years, lived in Luxembourg, worked in over 50 countries around the world. But my experience is not about working in the 50 countries. Is every time I went to a country, I took a holiday one day at a time. I always showed up a day or two early, stayed a day or two later because I was already going there. And I was able to live life while I was there, always set scheduled and under a, a tour. And if you look at today's times, I spent time in Moscow and in St. Petersburg, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Macedonia, all through Asia, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore. I was living more while I was earning. But what was my priority? I'd probably tell you it was living more. So we all have our own drivers and we have to find what those are. And that's why those three resonate with me and I hope they resonate with others. Oh, absolutely. And you clearly define that like when you were speaking about that, you know, some people could have been listening. Wow, he's been to all these places. He must be, you know, achieving a lot, earning a lot. Yeah. But when it came down to it, the, 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 the priority to you, what was the driver was living more. I often people will often say, how do you how have you done so much? And I say, look, your company pays you to fly someplace. You have a meeting and let's call it Estonia or Macedonia or Serbia. You land, you go to meetings for two days and then you fly out. That's not living, that's working. But if you could take a holiday one day at a time, meaning take an extra day at the end, book a private tour. I always like private because I want to meet the person I'm with and I can get the experience I want. It's not much more expensive. You will then come home and have a whole different life. And people say, yeah, but family, you got to be back with family. I said, you got two options. You sit down with your kids and you tell them about this miserable trip that you had and all the airports you were in and the meetings you had, or you stayed an extra day, kids won't miss you the same, and you show up the next day and you say, oh my God, I I saw this, I experienced that, I went out here. What would you prefer? What part of that life? But you're already there. And that means that when you look back at time, I don't know when the next time I'll be able to go to Russia is. I don't know. And what does that mean? I spent the time dancing all night in in um, in St. Petersburg or learning something from people while I was in Moscow that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And that's living one day at a time. No, I so true. So true. Like you said, you, you're not going to remember that that meeting you had in, in Moscow, but you're going to remember, you know, the experience you had, you know, that you took that extra day. <laughs> and that's all it was, was a day taking holidays one day at a time. And people say, yeah, I get two weeks off. Yeah. 
take holidays one day at a time. Yeah. Go on a Saturday so that you show up on Sunday. But, uh, you know, we can get into more details of that, but that's the essence of it. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I would think that, you know, after hearing what you shared, a lot of people might have a change in their perspective. You know, yes, we have to, it's good to be, we can make more money and we want to achieve things, accolades and all those things are great. But the, but the reality is we don't necessarily just take those to the next realm, wherever that is. We take those experiences. And can you discuss, because you've already started doing that, but talk about your process of how you've turned, you know, your work, your work accomplishments, things that you've done into these experiences and how these experiences have shaped you as a person and as a visionary and all these other great things that you're doing right now. You know, things that some people be like, how the heck did he get involved in that? Why is he doing that? It, it, I, it's an interesting question. I appreciate it. You're asking a question of being. Yeah. That's the way I'm going to go. Yes, absolutely. What that is. You're asking a question of who is David as a human being? What do I value? And I, I've known, I've worked with billionaires. They're not as happier than the person who sits on the porch sitting with talking with their friends. They're no happier. Sometimes they're less happy because they have to manage what they've got. My, my essence of life is, well, one of them, I can give you many. Uh, I've got tons of different quotes and phrases, is that you tend to remember your failures, but not your successes Yeah. So or achievements. So let me ask you a simple question. Can you remember the last five things that you haven't finished in your life that you wish you would have achieved? Well, one of the things I would say, I don't know if it's as important, but I had started my MBA uh, mm -hmm. back, and this is many, many, many years ago, back when I was early in my career. And because I had switched careers at the time when I had started and got into, I was in sales at that point, and the sales was taking me around the world and I was traveling, I just, I dropped it because I just, I didn't feel I had the time. So you remember that? I remember that. Yeah, and that's you, like over 30, that's 30, over 30 years ago. This and point. it will live with you for the rest of your life. But can yeah. you name very easily all the uh, five successes you've had? I, I With the successes, I would say that when now where I'm at at this point in my life, if you had asked me this question, 20 years ago, it would have been completely different. And now yeah, my, my successes are that this isn't even non-business related, that I've been a, a, I've been a stand-up father, okay. that I may have not been had I not done a tr this, transformed myself 25 years ago, it would have been a different story. I would have not have been a good father. I would have not have been a good husband. But it's, it's the difference as the example that I've helped, even in my professional life, People not only help them professionally, individually, and as a team, as an organization, but also on a personal level, like what, how they've taken some of these concepts and and made a difference in their personal lives. And not because it was of me, it was just because of that I was transparent and vulnerable to share. So be, yeah. let's be honest, it was, you do feel because of you. You have Well, in a way you did, yeah. In a yeah, way so that if I, that, if I that's wasn't okay. a catalyst, it would have not maybe happened. Uh, you have to expose yourself to be able to understand that. Exactly. So you did something and you take that as credit for you. Yes. I've asked that question all over the world and this is not my expertise, but I've asked it because people ask questions like what you've asked. We remember our failures for our whole life. So years ago, years ago, and I happen to have this in front of me, it's not because of you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I happen to keep track of all of my successes. Wow. I've been keeping track of them for years. 
That that I mean that that is I've never we've never had anybody on the show that has done that and shown so, that's fabulous. I love it. Now the interesting thing, if I was to read them to you, what I've got on those successes years ago wouldn't have made it today. So for example, I have on here, uh, let's see, I was in this in 2002. I was in the Springs Magazine. It was about Springs, uh, an industry. Uh, I was uh, auditioned for a certain event. I put down. I mean, God, I'm, I'm just posting through. I went on my first junk boat in 2013 in Hong Kong. I had my knee surgery in 2008. Anything that I thought I'd achieve something, secured, finish something. It could be from drawing, it could be working with, I've worked with Maersk, the CEOs of Maersk, Dole, Tektronics, Infosys, Wipro, Illinois Toolworks, Ritchie Brothers. It's not as a consultant, but I've worked with them to solve massive challenges around the world. So some make it, but some don't. And it's only for me. My wife has never looked at this book. And the reason I keep it is to remind myself that the richness of life happens every day. It's not for anybody else to look at, not for anybody else to share in, because I can remember the things that I didn't get done. And so I always live a life in my own head is you can't fix yesterday. You can only create tomorrow. Yeah. So I don't spend time thinking about the things I didn't accomplish, because when I look at this book, I say to myself, Wow. It's like you're not you're not dwelling on the things you didn't accomplish or didn't work out where you had a, a, a setback. And I love the fact that you do this to celebrate your wins and, yeah, and because you can go we back. Don't we don't remember them. Yeah, we don't remember we, them. We don't remember those little tiny things. Springs magazine, I had I hadn't looked at that. Oh my god, I remember the article I wrote. <laughs> I turned the industry upside down. And yesterday I was on a call with someone that I met in 2005, and he said to me, David, remember when you spoke at the ATA, American Tele something organization, and you said on stage, in 10 to 20 years, you guys will be gone. And they were furious at you. They closed their doors. You were absolutely correct in your assessment 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 20, 18 years ago. He said, you were absolutely correct. I, I didn't write that down. That wasn't the, the, the solution in there, but we forget these things. I forgot about the ATA. I forgot what I had pr professed or, 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 or shared, yeah. So it, it's, uh, so here's another one. And you touched on it slightly. We wrote a tome of a book. A normal book is 30 to 50,000 words. A big book is 100. Ours is 297,000 words. Took 12 years to write. And people said, oh, you really wanted to build a book so you could build a speaking career? Absolutely not. My brain was so full, I needed to get it out of my head. So I went through the arduous, terrible, horrible experience of writing a book. And then the terrible, terrible challenges of working through publishing. And then we wrote a book that I am proud of. And now it's in the book. I don't have to remember it because I've got so much more, because I'm building more. And that to me is an accomplishment. Achieve more, have a book. You know, having a book doesn't change your life. Most books never get anywhere. 50% of books or 60% sell less than 12 copies. Less than 12. Yeah. 90% of books sell less than 2,000 copies. Yeah. So our first run was 10,000 copies, something like that. We've done, we're on our 13th, we're going on our 14th printing. So it's not a, it, it wasn't done for the purposes of, I want to be a book and I want to be an author. It was, I had something that needed to be put together. I went for the painful experience of creating it. And then I put it out there and the, the accolades or the, the, the feeling of helping other people is one of those things that I get out of it because it was just to clear my brain. Yeah. And that's different than when you hear people talk, I'm going to write a book or these promoters are being on Ted talks. 
you know, you promote, you get on a TED talk, your life changes. No, it doesn't. Done three, did one in Hong Kong about education, did one in, in Luxembourg about that people are not the most important part of, 80% uh, of the results from an organization come from the systems and structure in place and not the people. People are not the most important part. And then in Dubai, I did one on redefining and how to redefine your challenges so that you can accelerate all of your answers. But my life didn't change after any one of those. They made it into the book, but they didn't change after that. I just went on to the next thing. Yeah. Wow. That's fabulous what you shared there. What would be some things like, you know, with the listeners listening now, those that will listen later here, what would be some, you know, you've shared some, you know, such great set. We always learn from example. We learn from people being resourceful. You're very resourceful. What other things can you share from your experience or any, any, any story you would like to share from your personal experience that can shed insight, what people could start to do to make these shifts, to start to prioritize their lives better, like getting more clarity. So that way about you, you were, your goal was to live more. So then you can then organize how you earn more and achieve more to, you know, to live better, you know, but in this case, but it wasn't all about work, 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 work. You were living, you, the, the priority was living. Like if there was some kind of some okay, insight. So I'm, you, I'm yeah. going to try, I'm going to try to give you an answer to this because it's a highly complex question. Yeah. And it's highly complex because of the word that one of our teammates in Germany says, the word of the year is interconnectedness. And he always says that because I talk about the interconnectedness of everything. I don't live a work-life experience. I live a life. Life. Yeah. I live a life. I might not work on Tuesday because I have to get something done, but I'll work on a Saturday to get something accomplished. I don't measure my time and my life based upon those experiences. And I also know that life is not about doing the things you're passionate and you love. It's about doing the things that you need to accomplish to achieve whatever you want in your life. That's a very ambiguous statement. But a lot of things that I work on are terrible. I mean, I, I call myself in Project Moon at the CSO. Sorry for those who don't like swears. I call myself the chief shit officer. <laughs> and what I do is I take care of all the work that no one else wants to do so that they can work on the things that make them feel better. And in doing so, if there's terrible experiences, but I know that it moves the cause and what we're working on forward faster. So let me give you two quick tools that might be helpful for people or you and yeah. also in particular. One of the things that went into paid to think, this is something that I think I sent you two chapters and some other yes. things that you could share yeah. with anybody and post it and give that, that's fine. Just wanna help people. And I seriously want to help people. I've given away thousands of books is uh, I, when we were writing the book and up to this point, maybe I've done about 3000 interviews, private one-on-one -on -one interviews with people all over the world. And you're taught in business school or in school or in life, there's certain categories of the way we work, but that's not what happens when you talk to people who are really thinking about making change. Doesn't matter, profit, nonprofit, government, military, education. It doesn't matter if in their HR, they're in engineering, we call them the seven crosses. It doesn't matter what level CEO, VP. It doesn't matter what industry, nanotechnology, aerospace, water and sewage construction. It doesn't matter what sector, profit, nonprofit, government, military, education. It doesn't matter. There are four areas and 12 activities that everybody's engaged in every day. And we don't focus on one of them. We actually shift between them. There's an interconnectedness. We're always strategizing. Always. We need to pick up milk. We need to take care of our child. We need to take care of something at work. And we're figuring out how to put the plans together so we can get them done. But we also work on long-term plans. Some of us, not as long as we should. 
There's also, then there's performing. It's the act of doing the work, such as leading other people or empowering others or innovating everywhere. We're always learning, always. There's short-term learning, large-term learning, acquiring new knowledge. We're always doing that as part of life. New knowledge is, it's getting dark out. That's new knowledge because I'm, it's getting dark out or the weather's changed. All the way up to we're learning a new discipline and then there's forecasting. We don't spend enough time here. So strategizing, performing, learning, and forecasting are the four activities that every person in leadership or decision-making is always going through, even if it's for your home. So it's cross life. You do that at home and you do it for work and you do it in your community group and you do it in your religious groups, doesn't matter. So those are the four and inside of them, which is in the graphics in the book that you, the pages you've got, people can see that imagery. It's called enterprise thinking. Everything is connected. So let me give you one tool that people don't focus on enough. And this is something that's very uh, apropos for most individuals. There are three types of people in the world. There are in, in broad brush, there's a retro person, there's a current person, and there's a future oriented person. Okay, a retro person spends a lot of time in the past. What have I done? What have I accomplished? What's going on? And they spend some time in the current and very little time in the future. So think of an oval where this much is the past. We spend a lot of time there, some in the present, some in the future. So here's an easy way to look at it. Everybody has holidays. You have a holiday. We're having one in the United States coming up called Thanksgiving. If you were to listen to the conversation for the two days or the days with your family, I would guarantee you that 80 to 90% of the conversation will be about what you've done in the past, what's yep. been going on, catch me up. Maybe 10% will be what's happening today. What are we thinking about? And a very small proportion will be what's gonna happen in five, 10, 15 years from now. We don't talk in those terms. Just think about it, sit down, yeah. catch me up on what's going on. That's a retro person. Yeah. A current oriented person is a person who spends some time in the past, some in the current, some in the future, a little further out. But what's important to that? What, why is that valuable? We, we get confused because people say, well, I'm a current person. Great. If you're building a nuclear reactor and you talk about something going on in two years from now, is that future? Of course it is. No, it's not. Because two years from now is current in the energy sector. Future is 40 years, 30 years. What are you building later? And the last one is a future-oriented person. Do you spend your time in the future? And most people don't because the future is hard. You're constantly extrapolating. You're constantly trying to figure out what's going on. You're trying to bring in data from all over the place. And I, I relate it to climbing up a sand dune. The minute you stop, you slide back. Mm -hmm. So you cannot stop when you're thinking about the future because it already becomes the past. So here's the value of the future that people don't think about as often as they should. And they don't spend as much time in the future is when you're trying, uh, here's an example to, uh, to bring it together and then I'll summarize it. You're driving down the road and you turn on your high beams. Why do you turn on your high beams? Well, so you, think you, you, you can see more, you can see, especially in the dark, you, you can see, you have well, more. That's the common answer. Yeah. It's not. The reason you turn on your high beams is so you can anticipate better. There you go. The seeing is the act. And what we confuse is the act of looking into the future, whether it, but the digestion of it. If you turn on your high beams at night, you could see it um, further. This means you don't have to break on the brake if there's something coming up in, yes. the, in the path or to make a turn, but it also is a wider view. So you can't just look at your industry, you look outside because you wanna see if an animal comes from the side. High beams give you a wider breath, a wider scope and a further distance. And so 
if you spend time in the future, it's not that those answers will come true. It's that you have, as you get further out, you can start to make decisions about the future easier. And then when they come to you, they're not a jar on the break and everybody's tossed around. Well, leadership or even at home with your family, all the way up to organizationally, if you spend time in the future and in paid to think there are plenty of tools for that, you will then start to redefine your future easier, such as I was in Hong Kong. I mean, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, I've worked in Botswana, Zambia, South Africa. To see the world, I can make better decisions about the future because I know what's going on in China and Japan. And I've been on the ground in Indonesia and the Philippines. And I've worked with companies, whether it be in nanotechnology, aerospace, water and sewage construction. I can then integrate and make better decisions for my life to achieve more, live more, earn more. So the combination of that forecasting is one tool that's, I, I, I don't, we don't spend enough time doing it. Yeah. Does it make yeah. sense? It makes sense. And, 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 you know, pe we use it, you know, people do it some, you know, using the business, but we don't do this in our own personal lives. And we don't do it in business. We really yeah. don't. I would like you to think about yeah. all the companies you've worked with. Yeah. How much time do you sit down with them or do they sit down? and just say, what do you think is going to happen in 10 years in our in industry? What's going to happen in 15 years in our industry? What, what displacements could come out of this that we're not paying attention to? What's happening in Turkey? What's happening in research labs in Germany or in France or in Spain? You know, I, what, what does climate change have to do with this? And we, we talk about it. And it's a it's a it's very low levels cognitive understanding of the world in which we live. And in 2012, approximately, I was walking into walking to a meeting with the CEO of a company that I was on the board for on the executive team for about five years. And I'm, I'm uh, as an advisor, but I was on team. I'm walking to the hall to the room and I go, <clears throat> CEO looks at me. He says, oh, sounds like you got a cold. And I said, I don't know. And he said, do you want a mask? And I said, sure. So I wore in a stuffy room, in a hot room, in this room, I wore a mask for an entire day's worth of meetings. Today, that doesn't seem so odd. Yeah. But in 2012, the reason is in Asia, you wear a mask to protect the community. In the West, you wear a mask to protect Back yourself. You. Well, a different perspective, yeah. It, and so we were wearing masks or Asians would wear masks in Hong Kong or Japan and other countries because they did it as a courtesy to society. But in the, in, in the West or the Westerners who lived in Hong Kong, they would never wear a mask when they had a runny nose or they had something going on because why would I do that? I mean, it's uncomfortable because you don't see a sense of the purpose of doing work as a society for your family, for your friends to keep them healthy. Yeah. And so just knowing that 62% of the world's population lives in Asia, when you meet somebody who has Asian descent, they are looking at the world completely differently than you are. Yeah. And that that's new knowledge, which is part of one of those activities that leadership is, or anybody should be engaged in. And in, that's different than visiting and just doing a tour. It's actually getting to know the people you were with in all these countries. And it's just, there, there's so much value to the richness of life that, I mean, I, it's, 
makes it's, me want to cry. Yeah, Seriously. it's incredible. It's incredible. No, I get it. I can feel your passion. David, I know we're near we're near the end of the show, and I I I, I would love to continue this conversation. We're definitely going to have you on a future show here at Business Influencers. We'll we'll it, it'll either be in a you know round two of what we've been sharing, or we'll have another completely different topic that you're well versed in that you can you know you, you know you you convey so much wisdom in a philosophical yet a logical so many different ways that get across to people. I want to thank you personally. Uh, for taking the time out of your schedule to be here with us today. How can the listeners that are listening now or those listening later, what is the best way they can get in touch with you, what you are up to, or anything that you'd like to provide to them? Uh, there are, the simple one is david at davidgoldsmith.com. I try, I'm a big CRM junkie. I keep track of everything. So I do reply to almost everything that comes in. Uh, you are going to give them the ability to download the, it's about a hundred pages, so it's not yeah. small. The two page, the two, cha- uh, they forward the intro yes. and the first two chapters of paid to think. So they've got that. I am on LinkedIn. I am on the other mediums. I, I will reach. So David at davidgoldsmith.com is the easiest, but you can connect with me on almost all, all platforms. Great. I don't know if that helps. And oh, this, this, this interview went completely different, different direction than I thought it would. So it is a pleasure to have been on. No, absolutely. We want to thank you again for being here with us, not only for myself, but everybody here at Touch of Life Foundation. Well, thank you listeners each and every week joining us here at Business Influencers. Again, we are committed to bringing subject matter experts like David in each and every week to share their personal experiences and insights to take your business and level of success to the next level through the power of influence. Again, if you have any questions, uh, please reach out to David or you can reach out to us. We'll make sure that he gets that information. And again, we want to thank all of you each and every week joining us here, here at Business Influencers with the Touch of Life Foundation, Tal Radio. Till then, everybody have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. You have just listened to Tal Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.